to the left, Pellegrini inside, Pizarro Golasso, Pizarro Golasso. Here's the goal score, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't have a goal. You excited as I am, buddy? Pretty excited here, bud. It's nice. It's going to be a good day. We're uh, we're expanding into new frontiers today. The Inter Miami podcast is. Inter Miami podcast may not just be the Inter Miami podcast anymore. It could be so much more. Well, we will. We will. I don't want to spoil this yet, so uh, we'll get into that in, in due time. But welcome, everyone, back to the Inter Miami podcast. I am Jay Kington alongside, per usual, uh, Mr. Alex Papa George. We are here recording on a Sunday in, a, I'd say, very good moods, honestly. But uh, if you like podcast and you're not already listening to this, you can find it on any platform that's out there. Which chances are, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you know where you, to listen. Yeah, you have an ideal podcast platform. But, but before we get into the show, wanted to give a huge, huge thank you to Greatness of the Future. Wish I knew your name, you know, dude or dudette. But we definitely appreciate the review on Apple Podcast. Uh, you're the reason why we do this. So glad we picked up a listener. Glad we have you for life. We'll we'll hopefully not uh, butcher that for you, but uh, you know we'll keep it real. But really appreciate that. Uh, that's all we. That's that's really what we ask for. You know, Jay and I, my Jay and myself do spend some good amount of time, and Than has been an amazing addition to the podcast thus far. And you know it goes a long way when we see those ratings. It does. It does. So thank you very much to the greatness of the future. Keep in mind, you know, your po- your review is only going to get read if it's a positive review. You know, you knuckleheads out there, you're, there's some meanies out there and you're not going to hear this. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we don't really, again, we always focus on the positive. So yeah, only the positive ones will uh, will get their shout outs. But uh, why don't you tell them uh, that little kind of intro teaser we, we dropped over here. What's going on? Yeah, man. Super, super excited to announce a new project that the IMPC production crew is putting on. It's going to be called Pink Smoke. Shit's going to be hot. It's going to be dropping on Tuesday this week. The podcast is coming to you on Monday. We put a little bit of a tease out there on social media today, but do go ahead and DM us on any one of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, you name it, and let us know. Uh, If you're interested in signing up, we'll send you the link. It's as simple as one click because keeping with the theme, we keep it real simple around here. What kind of stuff's going to be in there, bud? Super cool stuff, Jay. Next question, please. No, on the real, we're going to have some exclusive content, real talk like usual discussion boards. And, you know, you may see Jay's and I's face around a little bit more besides just our beautiful voices. Yeah, uh, I hope they think we have uh, beautiful faces as well. We will. I guess we'll see. Don't mean to scare you on that one. (laughs) But uh, today uh, we are super pumped for part two of our annual supporters group series. Uh, last week we had on the siege. Who are we having on this week, bud? 
we're going to have Vice City. Vice City is going to swing by uh, Sebastian and Caesar, who you probably remember from our day winners of season one. I think it was even episode five. If Four, mem- uh, yeah. No, five. Yeah, five. Yeah. yeah. Memory five, uh, episode five on season one. So excited to have them boys back to the show. But before we do introduce everybody to Vice City, there's been some news to happen around the league, Jay. There has been some news. We've been waiting on it for what feels like months, uh, but it was finally released. The MLS is back literally and well figuratively as well. Uh, Training camp will start for the MLS and Inter-Miami on February 22nd. I'm sure we'll have, what, probably four preseason games again before uh, the opening weekend kicks off. And so the MLS's opening weekend will be labeled MLS is back, uh, and it's going to take place on the weekend of April 3rd and 4th. We're going to see 34 matches per team this season so a regular full season schedule for the mls for all 27 teams now welcome to uh matthew mcconaughey fc aka austin fc aka all right all right all right i'm sure we'll uh, we'll have some fun with that one as the season goes on for sure uh the regular um season will end november 7th And the Audi MLS playoffs are slated to begin November 19th with the MLS Cup on December uh, 11th. We will have an all-star game this year as well. Uh, And during the regular season, all players, technical staff, and essential club staff will continue to be tested every other day, including the day before each match day. Uh, What excites you the most about this season, Alex? Well, not, I mean, to even answer that question, first off, stoked to have this calendar put in front of us. This was a big step for all Inner Miami and MLS fans. Obviously, these dates are tentative of any crazy, you know, COVID, you know, outbreaks or CBA restrictions that we're going to talk in, uh, talk about in a few minutes. But to answer your question, Jay, I am. Besides getting to see our boys back on the pitch, I'm excited to see the evolution of Pizarro and Iguain this year. I think that this dynamic duo moving into 2021 could play a huge role in one of the most potent attacks across the league. So honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing their development on a chemistry and a tactical standpoint. It will be exciting to watch. I mean, that's something that we all want to see develop Uh, As far as me, what I'm most excited about, man, I'm excited for this kind of massive reset that we hit as as an organization. I feel like we have the pieces in place that we actually want. We're going to have Beckham being much more involved. Can't wait to see Phil Neville's new system. Uh, I think it's going to be a a really turnaround year for us. And, you know, I know you talk about those big two, but, you know, other big name players that we want to see continue to grow and really mesh as one cohesive unit. Uh, Blaze Matweedy, the postman himself, Lewis Morgan. Uh, It's going to be really awesome to see this team get to, uh, you know, full potential. And don't forget about our boy, uh, Mateus Pelamesi. Yep. And Pelamesi. Yeah. You know, um, I don't. I'm not going to say like he had a, a, a bad season, but it certainly wasn't like a, a great season. He started to develop as the season went on, but he's got to step up a little bit more being our young DP. I think he will get there, especially in the right system. And that's definitely something to keep an eye on. It definitely had an underproductive year, but I think that that's the expectation put on a DP player on the MLS level. You know, he deems the title of our young designated player. And the reality is that's super important in the MLS. And that's, that's a big piece of winning and constructing your team. So if he has a lackluster season, you know, we may be seeing some changes on that front. 
Yeah. I mean, it'd be completely different criticism if he wasn't a DP player. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, you see, you know, like Will Trapp got, you know, criticized a little bit last year, but but definitely not anything to the to the level of, uh, of Pellegrini. So, um, you know, with that tag, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And uh, we've given you power and now you're responsible to uh, to net us some goals and, and pack on some assists and really just be a great team player. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I think the next thing that everyone wants to keep their eyes out for is going to be the actual Inter-Miami schedule to see, you know, what weeks we're playing, what teams. And then I would expect a little bit after that to get our uh, preseason schedule and kind of get a feel for the teams we'll play preseason. But before any of that can take place, the CBA and the MLS are going to have to come into agreement with new negotiations on the table. So, Quick highlight, Jay, there was some new news to come out on this, but if you're wondering what's going on with the CBA or what the heck I'm talking about, well, the CBA is really the, it's a collect, I'm sorry, collective bargaining agreement, really, which is a agreement between the owners and the players association. So the players create a group or committee that is basically acting as the voice of the players. So on January 5th, the MLS presented the Players Association with a proposal that committed to paying the players 100% of their salaries this year in 2021 in return for a two-year extension on the MLS CBA. The MLSPA, which is a Players Association, provided a response to the league's proposal on January 23rd. So right now, the response has not been agreed on. There has been no agreement in place. What the most recent update is on January 19th, both the PA and the MLS agreed that they would extend the contract negotiation talks for another week. So, you know, keeping this really simple, we have some big time news to drop this week as this pod's coming out on a Monday. This is an important week for everyone because guess what? If they do not come to an agreement and they are still on opposite sides of the boardroom, this season will be delayed which would be terrible. It would be horrible. Following a season after what we had last with COVID throwing its big, ugly mug inside this whole puzzle, this would be terrible for the MLS to happen and not just the MLS, but more importantly, all of us. That sounds absolutely horrible considering uh, last season, considering especially Inter-Miami in their first season, as well as this fan base who's been waiting forever and ever. And then they finally get their football and it's a stop and go season. So please uh, cross your fingers, say your prayers to whoever you pray to. We do not want this to happen. I would be hard pressed to believe that, uh, you know, reasonable, rational heads will prevail in these conversations i'd like to believe that um i think for a good sign of fans is is that they did come out with this schedule right you know if they weren't confident that these talks were going to get executed and agreed on i don't know if they'd come out with this schedule you know pre the agreement so i think that's a good sign but obviously this is just hopefully we don't know if that's a fact and the deadline of this decision is really at midnight on February 4th. So if the CBA is not agreed upon, there will be a player's lockout, which that is a scary word in sports. Yeah. So this week will be fun. Real fun. It could be real (laughs) terrible or real fun. It'd be be a little nerve wracking. Well, let's get into something that we know is going to be fun. We know is going to be excited. We're talking about news from around the club as we continue to build out our roster after uh, basically parting ways with 10 uh, players from last season. So, you know, I think the the most recent uh, big name was actually, I'm not going to steal your thunder. 
You go ahead, bud. Thanks, bud. You know I'm a little partial to this one, but Mr. Federico Iguain, or as Jay calls him, the super spreader himself, uh, is back on the club to rejoin Federico and his brother, Gonzalo. So he is on our club for one more year, agreed to one more year on the club. So this would have been a puzzling decision if we were to not re-sign him here or not come to terms. I thought it was a little bit interesting that he didn't get any more playing time kind of towards the back end of last year. I think that that probably had something to do with a late arrival on the club and kind of making that playoff push. And, you know, not to mention a guy who is no longer here by the name of Diego Alonso. So I think that this year with our re-signing of Federico and the maturity that he brings and also the chemistry that he immediately gets injected into you know some of our top-notch players I think we're going to see him on the pitch a little bit more I do and I think the you know a big play of this is outside of you know people he's a good player I mean he's had a a pretty pretty solid MLS career and you're right people want to see more you know eagle or Federico Iguain action but this is also a play to make sure that Gonzalo's pretty satisfied because Mm -hmm. they both been playing professional soccer for really the past 20 years and barely got to see each other like only on the holidays and stuff so the fact that they can continue to see each other basically any time they want is solid and this will give us one more year of the Iguain hermanos uh one more season let's make it uh, a big season i'm sure they're both uh, ecstatic to be playing together for amazing, one more year amazing point jay because i think I think you touched on something brilliantly, actually, right there. There is no chance that Federico was not involved at some capacity with the the the, the drawing of Iguain or Gonzalo, right? There's no question they were they're like, hey, come over here. You know, we'll get a chance to bring your brother over here. You know, have La Familia down in South Florida. And there's no, in my, in my eyes, there's, there's not a chance that that didn't come up in the negotiations. I mean, talks. it 100% did. Federico played a big role in Gonzalo coming to the MLS, right? And so then he comes to Inter Miami, and then what happens? Federico requests a transfer to Inter Miami almost immediately to just go be with, with his brother. Now, back at DC United, where he was playing, uh, you know, right when Gonzalo signed, he was actually a player coach. So he's kind of doing both roles. Even after this one year deal, he might have another year in him after this, but I could still see him, you know, even if he's not playing, getting into more of a coaching role because that's kind of what he was gearing himself towards at the end of, the, of his career. But hey, a great opportunity came up to play with my brother. We'd never get to see each other. We can live together in the same city. Uh, we can pass, you know, communicable diseases back and forth. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm sure they're, they're, they're very happy. I want to see more of them on the pitch, though. I agree. I think we will. And, you know, Jay, talk about some new names on the pitch here. We got a couple new signings from the Academy, bud. Yes, we did. We got uh, two youngins from the Academy. We're talking about Ian Frey. He plays on the back line, uh, defensive player, center back. Uh, he's actually a Coconut Creek native, so I'm sure he's making mom and dad very proud. He had uh, nine appearances in which he racked up 23 clearances and, and 12 interceptions. And this was, uh, you know, he was an academy player, but he was playing for Fort Lauderdale CF. So, you know, nine appearances for Fort Lauderdale CF. Uh, he actually had the fourth highest passing accuracy among defenders in USL League One at 86 and a half percent. He is a very calming demeanor. Uh, teams, you know, do need to level ahead when things get tough. I think he he kind of has that that level mentality about him, and he was recognized with USL All League Second Team uh, honors as well. So, uh, you know, big things. We, we, this academy is starting to be bountiful. I'd say. Um, 
right. I thought it was I thought it was appropriate timing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and then the next one is uh, Edison Ascona. He's a 17 year old Dominican Republic uh, native, and he notched three goals and three assists in 16 matches played. But more impressively, he attained an 82 percent passing percentage across all matches in the USL uh, League One. I, I must specify uh 55.6 shooting accuracy for the season he led the charge and won a team high 22 tackles uh edison was named to league one second team honors and was a finalist for league one player of the year he was recently called up to the dominican republic senior team in january versus puerto rico as well as a match uh, against serbia so this makes the third academy signing really in the last 30 days i can't wait to see you know how, it, it sounds great that we're able to, to get players already, but I want to see it, you know, how they translate onto the, the first team level. This really looks like these decisions were made by Chris Henderson, who really wasted no time. He came in, he analyzed, he liked what he saw out of these uh, three. And the third one is uh, Felipe uh, Valencia. Uh, and he's starting to take hold and, and take the reins and, and, and you know, kind of shape this little clay pot he's making. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a testament to Chris's style, really, as the basically the CISO. Um, he's basically going to pop in and analyze talent super quick, say, hey, are you ready to move up to the senior level or are you not? And make those decisions, see if they are talented and what type of potential they can tap into. And honestly, Jay, that, that's really why you bring Chris into this formula. You, you bring him in not just to bring top talent around from the league. Obviously, he's been around the MLS for quite some time, but he also has a keen eye for talent and hats off to him he really does he really does i mean both ian and, and edison were signed on homegrown player contracts now there's kind of two ways right like i don't see these guys being in the starting lineup but you know they're going to spend time developing with the first team and you know hopefully potentially get get a crack at some playing time at some point in the season and we just we hope that they can come through and, and really impress to to solidify a, a spot Absolutely, man. Well, I know that there was one additional signing that actually just happened. I want to say, what, a day before recording this pod or so? A day, two days? Yeah, two, I, th I think it was two days ago. Might have um, broke on Friday. Yeah, we're talking about Distin uh, Castaneda. Who I was nailed it, man. I, I'm getting kind of good, bro. right? Just, just wait. Yeah, like <laughs> just wait till later right in the show. I got it. I got it. Uh, but he was just brought up from Fort Lauderdale CF. So uh, this deal is a one-year deal with club options for 2022 and 2023. He's 25 years old. He is a goalkeeper. Played for uh, Columbia University, uh, which is in the Ivy Leagues. He's wicked smart. And uh, he was the Ivy League Player of the Year and First Team All-Ivy League as a senior he was selected in the 2019 Super Draft by FC Dallas and then was traded to Atlanta United. He ended up playing for the Atlanta United 2 side, which is the, the USL Championship. Uh, so that middle layer in between Fort Lauderdale CF and Inter-Miami is the USL Championship. Uh, he made 21 appearances for Atlanta United 2, uh, and then he played with Fort Lauderdale CF last year, made 11 appearances, was ranked 5th in USL League 1. He had fifty or sorry, 44 saves and earned Save of the Week honors on three separate occasions. So this guy has a lot of talent. Again, not going to be the starter, but he's going to join the goalie part of the roster uh, behind John McCarthy and behind Drake Callender. So be interesting to see him develop as well. Question for you, sir. With this signing, do you think that makes John McCarthy our day one starter and goal? I think exactly, exactly. Yep. I think so. I think that this is a commitment to what we saw last year. I think we were super impressed with John. I think that when uh, Mr. Robles went out with that season-ending injury, he stepped in and and really carried this team through the playoff push. So, 
you know, obviously this was a, a testament to John, giving him a shot in the starting lineup and see what he can do. Yeah, it was. And, you know, again, that's four Fort Lauderdale CF players that we pulled up and three of those have been, uh, you know, in the academy. So, you know, big things. But I think it, this really secures John's spot. If, if they sign like a big name, you know, I know there were some rumors coming over from from Europe. Uh, if they signed one of those big names and yeah, he'd, he'd be threatened. But I think he's pretty much the, the clear cut day one starter. And then. We did want to give some updates because we, you know, we, we do care about the players that play for us. And when they are, you know, their time is up and they move on, we still, you know, wish them the best. And we do have a couple updates for a couple of our uh, ex-players. First one we're going to talk about is Alvis Powell. You know, most speculation across the league thought that he was going to go back to his old club, the Portland Timbers. But instead of signing with them, he actually moved over to the Sedan Premier League, which is called, I'm going to butcher this one, Jay. Al Hala. No, the club is called Al Hala. Oh, I was, I was, I was already excited to say Hala. <laughs> uh, there's not too many times in uh, your life that you can say that. So I had to rip it off. But, uh, <laughs> but we thank you, Alvis. You saw him pop in the starting lineup. I think a couple times he had a few appearances uh, to step in with, you know, obviously yellow card allocation because we're foul like crazy people out there. But uh, another loss to the team, and this is actually a loss to, to part of Jay's and I's heart right now. Uh, Mr. Jerome Kiesevetter is is no longer on the club. And, you know, Jay and myself were, were a little bit bummed that we did not get to see him more on the pitch, thought that he could have at least helped out a little bit. But uh, he is back, um, not on the club. I don't know where he's back from, but he will be signing with FC Tulsa, uh, which is the USL, it was is in the USL Championship League. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I mean, he was a friend of the pod. We had him on. We love him to death. We, we hope he is a, you know, bright, bright future. Um, and then, you know, we did receive some questions actually after the, the super draft. Don't you just love it when, when you, you do something and you, you, you cover a subject and then right when you publish it, news happens like yeah. that, that kind of changes it all. It's wild. And obviously with COVID, it seems like the news is changing every 10 minutes, but this was one of them. Uh, we got a lot of questions as Jay said about, Hey, what about our third pick of the super draft? Uh, Joe Hafferty, he was the second round pick overall 37, but he is no longer on the club. He was traded to the Seattle Sounders shortly after the draft ended. Um, he was traded to the Seattle Sounders for a second round pick in the 2022 draft. Makes a little bit of sense, though, because this is where Chris Henderson spent the last 13 years. So probably uh, was a little bit of some backdoor conversation on how to get him over there. But he was not on the club. He was drafted, but he's no longer here. Correct. Correct. So, uh, you know, obviously things get, uh, get a little convoluted, but you know, a play by, by Chris Henderson, obviously. Um, and then, you know, right now that basically leaves us with, you know, again, we signed four Fort Lauderdale CF players, three of those, which were Academy players. We have two super draft picks. That's Josh Penn and, uh, Aimee Mabika. Uh, we signed Patrick Segris. And then outside of that, the club re-signed Federico Iguain as well as, uh, Breck Shea. So starting to, uh, to take place, you can't count, Federico and Breck Shea really against the, we were kind of including them with the numbers. Um, but, you know, if, if my math is correct here, we're at 23, 25 right now. So um, maybe 26, um, but four more, four to five more players to fill out here and uh, stay tuned because it's going to be happening soon. Obviously training camp is going to start three weeks. So It'll happen soon. Yeah, don't worry, Jay. No, nobody pays attention to the Intermind Me podcast for quick math, so we're good over here. Brother. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but Jay, I got to ask: is that is that enough reinforcements coming this year to take our team to the next level? 
Um, you know, I think we got the the key pieces we need back, right? I think Federico Iguain can can play, you know, in numerous positions in the midfield. So I think that's that's good. Obviously, Breck Shea, uh, someone that all the fans love. So reloading up with him. Uh, we have all of our, our top talent back, really. And then, you know, the Super Draft picks, we'll see what happens. Really excited to see, uh, you know, I'm Amabika because he's just huge and tall stature and everything. So I think he could really have some potential. But, you know, I, I we're with these last, you know, four to five uh, signings that we're going to be making here, you know, we really need to get some some pretty quality players to to really, you know, add to the arsenal, if you will. Fair, fair. And I think up until now, I think that, really kind of what's still listen i'm not i'm not overly like super impressed i'm not jumping over you know gates and whatnot super you know grabbing for joy and whatnot but i think that that's part of you know the new regime coming in and ownership or management and i think that the direction of the club has stalled a little bit just because obviously you know with paul mcdonough and you know diego alonso kind of having their you know architecture to the club and then kind of just revamping the whole thing you know inviting phil neville and you know chris henderson and then you know david beckham playing more of an active role i think that it was an obvious off season that was going to not show its big names but that doesn't mean that a a big name isn't coming that doesn't mean that b we're not going to be better than last year so um we'll see how we'll see how the roster folds out though we still got a couple places to fill i'd say specifically on the back line and you know potentially in the midfield and the attack segment so we'll see yeah and uh actually it's 27 signing so we have three openings right now Great. Was able, to, so was able to do the slower maths in my head while you were, you know, handling on that. So thank you. Um, <laughs> last bit of uh, of news is Toronto is in the race to sign 25 year old Colombian striker Rafael Santos Borre. See, I'm going to get a roll of my arms. That was good. Who uh, he currently plays for River Plate and previously played for Atletico Madrid. He is currently valued at 11 million by transfer market. And Toronto are looking to fill the DP spot that was vacated by Pablo Piatti. Uh, why am I telling you this? Are we a Toronto FC podcast? No, we are not. But Inter Miami owns the player discovery rights for Santos Bore. Um, and that means that we're going to get paid out here. Okay. We're either going to be given the opportunity to make an honest attempt to sign him ourselves, which looks pretty unlikely right now with our DP situation. Um, but we could get 50 K in general allocation money if he signs somewhere else in the MLS. So it doesn't even have to be Toronto. There are other teams interested in him. Now, the question here is, you know, the fans are kind of half and half on, on Iguain. I feel like some love him, some hate him. He's obviously on the older uh, you know, side of everything. So I'm kind of curious in general, you know, what, what are your thoughts on potentially giving up like an older player, you know, like a Gonzalo to fill with this, this young 25 year old who, you know, just to put this in perspective has been playing with river plate since 2017, 69 appearances, 24 goals. I don't really think that's as prolific as like Gonzalo's past, but a lot of people think Gonzalo's, you know, slow and old and want someone quicker. I think that's going to come down to coaching style, to be honest. Um, I think if we want to play a little bit faster and, you know, I think that we could potentially look, go, go and seek out that opportunity. But I think right now where we are, I'm, I'm comfortable with Gonzalo Higuain on our team leading our attack. I think that this season is going to be a monster breakout year. I think he's way too talented even after his prime to put up numbers like he did last year. And I know a lot of the fans talk about, you know, his speed or he may be overweight or stuff like that. I think that we're going to see a different Gonzalo this year. And I think he really kind of took to heart last year about a, how, how poorly he played B how poorly the team did, 
but really see just kind of the disappointment that it seemed like across the entire MLS had of a, a substantial player like Iguain in the in the league not playing up to his potential. So I think right now I'd actually like to see Gonzalo Iguain play a little bit through and, you know, hopefully at the end of this year we're, we're, we're singing his praise. All right. I sure hope so. And I know, you know, again, many, many fans are. We'll just have to keep our eyes on Mr. Borre. Ah, I'm butchering it now. But, uh, you know, I'll promise I'd probably be happier if we didn't sign him because I would just struggle with that name, <laughs> I'm sure. But uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and move forward with the fun part of the show. The supporters group, the annual supporters group. We are back at it. We mentioned earlier in the show, we will be speaking with Vice City. So stay tuned, listen up as we catch up with them Vice City boys. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are uh, always thrilled to continue our supporters group series. This week we have on uh, the one, the only, the Vice City boys themselves, uh, well-known, quite a reputation around the uh, team and uh, also internationally. I mean, you guys have been shouted out on uh, on uh, some television shows, I believe in uh, Mexico is the last one I saw. Um, but uh, we have today Cesar Molero, who actually was with us last year, and then uh, Sebastian Moraga. So uh, welcome, guys. How are you guys doing? What's up, guys? Doing all right, man. We're doing good on this side. How are you? Doing well. Cannot complain. Uh, just, you know, kind of give the, the, the listeners uh, a quick picture into, you know, your role and in, in the things you do for Vice City. Well, first off, man, um, thank you for having us on again. Um, you know, it was, it was a blast last time. So it's good to have, you know, do this again with you guys. Um, oh, I basically, man, I, I'm Caesar. I, I've been with my team since day one. Um, I rose, uh, I basically, we, <laughs> we don't have a, let's say like rules like that, bro. We're, we're just at, at the service of the, of the group. You know what I'm saying? We try to find, you know, anywhere that we're able to, you know, be of use. You know what I'm saying? Whenever there's like a need or something, you just try, you know, we try to put yourself in there. That's kind of like the culture that we try to have in Vice City. You know, like everybody's hands on, everybody's like, you know, Pushing forward to like whatever is you know the best whatever's in the in best for by city is, is really what your role is. Um, I mean, I, I I like to do a lot of the you know the the public speaking. You know, I do the podcast. You, you know, a lot of people hear me. Uh, when I, when you come to events, I'm usually like the first person you meet. Um, I try to like you know see where your strengths are. You know, like well, where we can you know better be utilized. If you're like if you're an artist, if you like to paint flags. I'll introduce you to the, you know, the flag people, if, you know, if you're a musician and you play drums, introduce you to the, to the band people. So, you know, I'm usually like, you know, like the point of contact, you know, for the newcomers. Um, I, I enjoy that. I, I like, you know, connecting people. There's always been something that I've always enjoyed, like in my personal life, connecting people. So when I'm able to do it for, you know, my real passion, Vice City, um, it, you know, it's really a thrill. You know, it's really cool sometimes, you know, seeing people that like they come in and like they're timid at first because they really don't know anybody. And then, you know, they just like, boom, they break the ice, you know, just by like a contact, you know, like, oh, they meet someone and then there's like that, there's always like that seven degrees of separation and somehow, some way, they, everybody knows each other. Mm -hmm. um, so it's always cool seeing that, you know, develop, you know, I, I, I like that aspect. Um, Seba, Seba does a lot of, the, you know, he does his designs and stuff. Um, he'll tell you more. Yeah, I'm part of, I kind of help out more with the designs, the image of Vice City. Uh, a lot of our commun communications as well. Like Caesar said, we've been on several podcasts, uh, you know, interviews, magazines, things like that. At the end of the day, it's not about one person uh, 
trying to get their name out. It's about the name of the, the ultimate name of the group, you know, Vice City 1896, and into Miami. That's what we want to promote. Definitely. I mean, you guys said many podcasts, but I got to ask you, like, who's your favorite podcast? Uh, into Miami podcast. Obviously. There we go. Damn good answer. Phenomenal right answer. Phenomenal. Joe Rogan. Answer. Joe Rogan. <laughs> hey, Joe Rogan. All right. Hey, hey, I'll take that comparison all day. Um, well, you know, Caesar, you're talking about man, where it's kind of like you know, you got a new person who's interested in joining up with Vice. You know, probably goes out to one of these events. When do you see kind of that like breakdown of kind of that timidness and really kind of you know join La Familia and really you know bounce around and have a good time? When does that happen? I mean, like, now the whole COVID thing, it's kind of difficult, you know, like, getting people out, you know, you know like, you know, understandably, obviously, um, you know, being responsible and all. Um, but where you see, like, the, the ice being broken, really, is, I think people just keep coming, man. Just come to an event, come one time to a hangout, and then from that hangout, we'll probably go get pizza after, and then from, you know, from the pizza, we're cracking jokes, and then from there, oh, let's probably get a drink, and... You know, like, it, it, we're just friends. We're, we're a family. We really are a family. It, it, you know, like, you're like, oh, um, and I want to I wanna be involved. You got to show up. You got to show up. And then from there, like, the relationships flourish, you know? Like, you can't be involved from behind the screen. And, like, you know, right now the COVID thing is, you know, we're, we're trying to, like, you know, we're trying to adapt. But um, but with Vice City, it's a real, like, you know, like, put into practice thing. So, I mean, you want to be involved. In, like, I tell people, I'm like, you know, we're in, going into year two. And um and year one we're really really like pushing like you know memberships and oh join by city and, and come be a part of our city and we want like, people to still join, um but here but we what we built in by city is like a real family so like now year two I gotta we gotta look out for the by city family you know and um so what I tell people is like if you wanna join us join any supporters group that's what I tell them join any supporters group but if you wanna be invited to by city things and you wanna come out to by city events I recommend you join by city. You know, and, and that's how you, you know, you get the inclusion, you know. Um, obviously, come, check out what we're about, go check out what other supporters groups are about. But if you want to be involved by city and you want to be a part of what we're doing, community outreach, um, public relations, I mean, uh, boosting up uh, Inner Miami, you know, being a, an asset to your community. If you want to be involved in all those things, you know, be part of a dope crew, you know, a, a really great group of people if you want to be in something like that. You know, Vice City might be the place, you know, that you might want to set towards. Yeah, wanna, you want to put in add, the work, you know? Yeah, yeah. To add to, add to what Caesar was saying is uh, I think the, the family, like, you see people realizing it pretty much from day one because, like Caesar said, we, we, we put it into practice not because we feel we have to, but it's just natural. Like, the relationships come so organically because every, we welcome everyone that just shows up. Even on their first day, you already see someone cracking jokes on someone, like if they've been there their whole life, you know? It's just, we try to make everyone comfortable, which eventually equals family. Yeah, well, you know, in all reality, man, that's that's the only experience Jay and myself have had with Vice City I was far. literally about to say where, that. Where, you, where was that place we went down there? The soccer place in, uh, was oh, it Champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right on there. We, we we saw you guys shoot like, gosh, I don't even know how long ago that was. Probably like 16 months ago. And I mean, it was nothing but family, you know, from that point. You guys welcomed us in. You know, Chris couldn't be on the podcast today. You know, everybody might remember him from season one. But, you know, he sat us down, gave us a couple beers and just really kind of explained, you know, the history of Vice City and what you guys were looking to build. So it's been nothing but 
but you know, open arms for us. Yeah, no, it was cool. Yeah. I mean, everyone was clicked up, being on the drums, and uh, you know, I think Caesar was probably one of the first people to come up to us. And yeah, threw a beer in our hand, and we just started uh, starting conversing. It was a, uh, it was a blast. And you know, what I want the listeners to understand is, you know, they're talking about family. Like, yeah, obviously the supporters group's a family, but this is a supporters group that supports their own families. I mean, like there were kids running around playing soccer. It was a whole family event. You had generations there all supporting this club and in the or in by city as an organization and uh i mean it, it was truly beautiful yeah exactly and we also to add on to what you're saying now is um we also tried to support ourselves as in like we have i don't know hundreds of paying members and now we also have to take it to the extent of like hey someone someone needs a mechanic oh we're just going to reach out to our vice city network and give the work there because at the end of the day you want you want your people to uh to to win to to gain from 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 itself, you know. Yeah, you guys got a tax guy. Say it again. So you guys got a tax guy. It's about to be a filing <laughs> season coming up here. <laughs> we have we have tax guys. We have lawyers. We have anything you guys need. All right. Yeah, all if right. I know Jay, he'll be needing that lawyer pretty soon too. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they they get all the. Uh, the items necessary to launder this money. All right, good, good. Well, well obviously, I, I, you know, I, I got a guy, bro. I, I got a guy to buy some shares on a uh, uh, GameStop, bro. <laughs> hey, man, it's been halted everywhere, so you got the inside, uh, inside access there. Um, you know, obviously, last year uh, was a curveball to to all the fans, the organization, all the players. Doesn't matter if you're a supporters group or if you're just someone who lives in, I don't know, Wisconsin and is down with inner Miami, uh, massive curveballs, but it, it was definitely intensified for the supporters groups and the, the team itself. What was it like trying to navigate this first year where we're about to kick off our first home game against the galaxy, the whole city's rowdy. The, uh, the mayor came out and doubled down and said, we're not closing the city. We all think the game's going on. And then 48 hours prior game is pulled. And then we wait for several months until the MLS is back. And then even after that, what, five weeks until we resume the regular season. I mean, what was it like trying to deal with just the choppiness of this season and keeping everyone's, you know, morale up, but also trying to function and, and continue to grow? I mean, like for anyone during this pandemic, it's been really tough. Like you said, um, the initial pain, you know, when you are waiting and we, we waited, how, I don't even know how long we waited, two years, three years. Some of us more, the people who've been here since the fusion have been waiting 20 years. And then from two days before the home openers to say that they're canceling or they're postponing the season, like, I, I, at this moment, I can't think of any, like, worse pain. <laughs> but um, it was pretty, we had, to, we, had to, we had to face a lot of obstacles along the way in, in regards to obviously not being able to meet up, not being able to continue with our our regular programming in terms of just getting together and having a few drinks together, even the barbecue and just getting that family together, which is aside from supporting Inter, it was just something that we did regularly. So to, to have to put up with that. And then it also halts your growth as a, as a group. So it was definitely something that was very tough and extremely challenging to overcome. And, and I guess let me, let, let me kind of piggyback off that point. I mean, it, you know, saying COVID sucks. It's still going around. It's, it's terrible. Um, but the, what was there a benefit that came out of the situation? Like, was there one point that you were guys, Hey, listen, you know, we've banded together and we created X or we feel like the brotherhood is stronger because we all went through this together. Right. You know, you want to talk about in parallel, you know, 
in relationships, you know, you either crashed and burned during COVID and you're probably soaring in the sky, right? So is there is there a positive spin that we can kind of take on COVID moving into year two where hopefully we can get some fans in the stands? No, definitely. I I mean, for for the most part, I, I felt that the, the 2020 season came along like pretty fast for a lot of us, for the team specifically. Um, so I think, you know, what COVID really did, you know, <laughs> You know, what COVID really gave us was an opportunity that a lot of MLS teams have had before. Like um, LAFC, they they had the, the you know like Chivas USA and Cincinnati. They had the USL team. Nashville had a USL team. So a lot of these places that had their expansion teams come out, um, they already had you know like a team to support, and then the team became an MLS team. You know, in Miami we didn't have that. You know, what I'm saying we're starting from like scratch. You know what I'm saying? So what this COVID season really gave us some chance, you know, and there was a few games that we were able to go to was really to work out the kinks, see what worked, what didn't work, you know what I'm saying, what looks good, what doesn't look good, who needs to be where, you know what I'm saying? So those couple of games that we were able to actually go to the stands and actually put everything into practice was was a real I mean, we were supporting Miami United, like you know, the third you know, the, the lower division team before. Um, but it was it was nothing compared to what was, you know, what we had to do on game day, you know what I'm saying? With game day operations and, and getting everybody, you know, together and like seeing what, like I said before, seeing what worked, what didn't work, you know, a lot of that. Um, I'm grateful. I, I, I hate to say it like that, but like, yeah, I'm grateful for, for the, the I guess, the, the slow start that we had, I would say. You know, I'm grateful for that because it really did give us an opportunity to, to, uh, to better ourselves, you know? And, and what's happening now is like, you know, a lot of people are, you know, we're, we're excited for the year that's coming. You know, we're, we're expecting to be in the in the stands, you know, some of us. Um, so we're just eager to get into it, you know, because we, we already know what, what's at stake. We already know what needs to be done. You know what I'm saying? We we actually had, we were able to put into practice, you know what I'm saying? We didn't have to have that pressure that we had to look, you know, we had to be, you know, 100%. We didn't have to have the pressure of putting the stands. But now, like, now things are opening up. Um, and they're allowing us back in, if they do allow us back into the stadium, we just want to go at 110%, you know. Um, whatever you saw last year, we're, we're coming, we're doubling it, we're doubling it. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. So whatever happened to the uh, the home opener, TIFO, are you guys holding on to that or is, is uh, was that scrapped altogether? Oh, we're not going to talk about it, TIFO, man. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to talk to a lawyer about that one. <laughs> All right. That, okay, so that, that gives me the answer that, I need. All right. That's right. a question. That's a question, guys. I like that one. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> what uh what did you learn from the first season that you can implement into the second season to uh to be you know more effective or have a slightly better approach um you know what were some of your takeaways from what you guys experienced in your you know first quote unquote season together right that inaugural season honestly my my like for me, one of the things that stood out the most is uh, the interest that there actually is in Miami for soccer and for Inter Miami. Mm-hmm. Initially, like when we were putting in our efforts to, to help grow the group to just gain more members, there would come a, every now and then you'd be like, that you you would kind of step back and think, hey, maybe the city like there's not as much passion for soccer as you would expect. Um, but then I, I remember the first time we went to the stadium in the stands, it was like, even with the stadium not completely open, it was like, wow, there's all these people here that are, that came out here to watch interplay, you know? So that's one of the bigger like things that I took, that I learned was that 
that um, Inter Miami actually has a footprint in the city, and there's a lot of people looking forward to see them play like every weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You talk about your members. I mean, you guys, you guys are worldwide right now. How how many members <laughs> are you guys up to? Where you know, where outside of South Florida would you say is the biggest population of Vice City? I'm sorry, what was that last part? Which area outside of South Florida would you say has the biggest population of Vice City members? Uh, honestly, we get we get messages on the daily from South America, from Argentina, from Chile, Colombia, every day. Like, hey, you guys are awesome. We follow you all the time. Like, you finding pages like using our designs and stuff, or like, like there's like they're, like across the country, like like in other countries. Like, I don't even know why you're like why are you using our designs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but for actual members, definitely like we actually have huge followings in in Latin America just because of our style. You know, it was easily it was easily um, relatable for people in South America once they saw us. And you would be surprised, like you said at the beginning of the show, um, ESPN Deportes has shouted us out in South in South America several times, along with like different soccer players and things like that. So. Um, that's I would say South America probably. Yeah, I mean dope designs by the way. I like I, I see Vice City stuff all the time. Always well executed. Love the the skeleton hands. The the whole vibe of it is just is is uh, very very catchy and uh, trendy for sure. How many members would you guys say you're up to right now? I mean, bro, like I haven't I haven't like gone over like the like the numbers, but like I want to say like we have like at least like 500 members right now. Awesome. Fantastic guys. Wow. But like um like going back to like um what we were saying before, like what what was like the takeaways from like the year and stuff? Um honestly bro, like what really like a strong takeaway from that, like you're saying, like um like building the brotherhood. Yeah, but you really see like during like situations like this, like you really see like who's sticking around, who's with it, you know. Um you know, a lot of people weren't really, you know, super excited with like, you know, the team's performance this year, you know what I'm saying? And so like, it's, it's, it's important to like solidify your core, you know, mm-hmm. that was a, a, a huge, uh, also a takeaway for us also. Um, and also, man, like a lot of people just like, they had that, they, they, they saw what we were doing out there and, um, and they wanted to be a part of it, you know, and since there's like so, such limited time, there's people that weren't able to like make it out there. So we just had people like hitting us up, like, yo, I need to be there for this year. I need to be there for this year. I need to like, you know? Oh, I saw what you guys did, and I couldn't believe it. I, don't, I haven't seen that in 20 years. Oh, I haven't seen that in since my last, my home country. You know, like those are the people that were getting out there. You know, like um, like you guys, like I mentioned it before. I think in the last time you guys had me on, like I'm a Miami boy. I wasn't raised with this culture. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm pushing. I, I learned the, the culture, and I'm pushing the culture here in you know in South Florida. Um, and what I really, what I feel that like what we become moving into year two, um, is we've become the standard of what it is to be a football fan or a football supporter in South Florida. Or not, it, 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 maybe in the MLS, you know. Maybe it'll give us a couple more years and we'll definitely still solidify in the MLS. But for sure in Florida, if you want to be a, like a football fan in whatever club you, you support, you got to look at Vice City. Mm-hmm. Like, Vice City is the standard. Like, if you want to, like, oh, you, you want to consider yourself top-notch, you got to, like, we are the standard. And I don't want to, like, oh, it's arrogant about it, but it is what it is. We worked hard for what we built. You know, this is 2021, you know, like, this is the time that, like, we're flaunting it, you know, like, we're showing the world, like, who we really are. 
and what we're about. We've taken a long time to do what we've done. It, it did not come easy. It might look easy. It might look great. It looks fun. But this is hard work, guys. Like, we're, this is like a whole nother, like, full-time job for a lot of us. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you know, and one of the things that really was apparent when we, you know, the first and, I mean, time. I'm, I'm trying to talk to you. It's like a full-time job and nobody's getting paid. Nobody yeah, gets a dollar yeah. from Exactly right. It's just it's more about the the purpose and, and and the culture than anything else. But one of the the glaring things to us, and I mean, we've obviously ran into each other multiple times, and always say hi when we see each other out. But you know that that first meeting where we really got to meet everyone for the first time. You know, everyone seemed to have, you know, this love for the sport, but more importantly had ties or had grown up in another Latin American country where they grew up in an environment where it was all about, you know, the team. And that was your ride or die team. And a lot of people were very happy that now, you know, living in Miami, which it's mind blowing that it took this long to get, you know, a professional MLS team down here just because of how many uh, people grew up loving soccer. But now they're, you know, they're stateside and they have something that they can relate to when they were a child. You know, these people might've been, you know, Chris, you know, I'm not going to date him like he's super old, but, you know, has children and he grew up, you know, loving this. And now he gets to pass that on to his kids. It's finally here. And, and that seems like a, a love affair that is, is just so pure and, and, you know, hard to break. And it, it brings a lot of people in your organization joy to even talk about it because this isn't about, you know, going there just to, to, to drink some beers and pop some smoke, all that stuff's great. Don't get me wrong, but this is about something bigger, right? You guys are, are building a supporters group and you're building a culture of, of what you guys believe it can be from your previous experiences. And even Caesar, you know, like you're, you're fairly new to this, this culture, but you have fully immersed yourself in it. And it's, it's something special. And I think if, for any listeners that, that might've grown up in another country, that grew up loving their local team and were ride or die and have moved here. I mean, I can't think of a better organization than by city, especially for that, for that kind of demographic, you know? I mean, one thing that like I've seen that is really amazing is like everybody's bought in it. And what I mean by everybody is like, we have members, but their families are also like extended members. Like everybody is bought in, like abuelos bought in, he has bought it in, your mom has bought it in, like everybody gets it. Like they might not get like oh like why are you supporting a team? But they see you're hanging out, you know, they see we're doing barbecues, you're rocking the colors, like everybody gets it, like, oh this is a movement, this is a this is a thing, you know? So I think that's what's like really cool about Vice City. And like me, like like I mentioned, I didn't grow up with this culture. So we're really like we're really solidified and we're really like um puts a stamp of approval. Is when people come up to me and they're like, "Oh, this reminds me of my home country." Oh, I haven't seen this in years. When people when, when people tell me that, it's like, "Okay, we're doing it right," you know, because that's that's the only way that I know. You know, if they could tell me, "Oh, I missed it," like I don't know what you missed because I, I didn't grow up with it, but I'm glad that we were able to replicate it here. You know, <laughs> um, so like that's the only way that like when people tell me that, like that's how I know like, "Oh, we're doing a good job" because this reminds them of something. You know, for me, this is the first time. You know, and for a lot of people, like, you know, I, I, you're taking me back to where I'm from. And, like, that's what I want to give to people. I want to give them an opportunity to, like, be able to live that out. And for the Miami people that are listening to this or, like, you know, the South Florida people that are listening to this and they weren't necessarily born with that, like, you know, cultura, the futbolistica, um, those people, like, guys, just hop on, man. I mean, I know, like, there's a lot, like, I also grew up in, like, the graffiti community and, like, you know, feeling a part of, like, a subculture. There's a lot of subcultures in South Florida. 
if you feel if you've been part of like a subculture or something like that you know where we're coming from so i mean if you could just just take that step of faith that leap of faith and just like you know put on the pink put on the black come to a jam come hang out with us we got the homies playing on tuesdays and soccer planning we got some other homies on saturdays and fridays and when we're playing in cathedral you know like if you could just take that leap of uh you know that step of faith come through an event walk in the pink and the black you're gonna feel right at home like it is what it is like once, once, once one comes, like your family, like it is, that's what it's become. So we're talking about some events. I mean, we gotta get people out to your events. I mean, you know, you guys. Well, have, I don't want to call it an event. I don't want to call it an event. You're right. Social COVID distance stuff. gathering of yeah, respective space <laughs> with masks on. There's a couple guys that they they play. You know, they play on Tuesdays with Soccer Planet. They got the fields open over there. You know, uh, we got some other guys that play on uh, on for league on uh, on like Fridays and Saturdays. I go there and I support the, you know, the homies, you know, in the off season. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, if, you, if you're looking for something to do, my name is Caesar. My my Instagram is R-A-S, the number three, C underscore 1896. You've probably seen me. Everybody's always uh, sharing my stuff. Um, Caesar, just look up, look for me. I'm, I'm there. Just reach out. Don't be scared. That's what I tell people. I'm like, you, I'm like just, if you reach out, I'm not going to tell you no. Hey, just reach out. You guys can be a little intimidating to an outsider, though. Nah, nah, I'm you, bro. <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> what are what are the uh, what are the initiatives looking like for for next season? I mean, what are the goals? Say, What's the vision? Yeah, I don't know if I was gonna say like no, intimidating <laughs> initiation, the gang gang activity. All right. Uh, and I mean, look, we got down with um, um over uh, overtown optimists. Um, they're like a community outreach uh center out here in uh, in downtown Miami. Um, we're, whatever they want us to do, we're going to get down with them and we need to be an asset to the community. That's a, a huge part of us, you know, like honestly, like, uh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be who we are if it wasn't for you know, the community that supports us. Um, so we got to go always give back. So whenever Overtown Optimist needs us, we're there. Um, any initiatives, I mean, we, we I'll tell you this, we, we had our, our, you know, our first like official meeting at the long ago, you know what I'm saying? So definitely we're pushing forward with everything. We're, we're not looking to stop um, just like last year, you know what I'm saying? Until they, they close the doors in front of us, we're just going to push on like they would, like, you know, like we always have. That's just, that's just who we are. We just push forward. Like We don't know any other setting. So, so we've talked a lot about Vice. You guys know, the, you know Sebastian, Caesar. We just said how to connect with them. You know, all social medias. Go ahead and do your thing. Get connected with Vice City. You know, let's talk a little bit about the team on the pitch. You know, we, we got a few you know new faces, a few faces that have left us. I mean, what 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 player are you guys most excited to see back on the field, ready to go in early April? Uh, I'm pretty excited to. See, I mean. The single one out, I, I don't know. I'm excited to see all of them, mostly because we're going to be under a new uh, coaching system. So it's, it's going to be a different game, you know. It's going to be a lot. I think now we're going to see a lot more possession, a lot more uh, a lot more of the ball, which last year we played very defensively, trying to play on the counterattack, which mm -hmm. wasn't really benefiting, obviously, due to the results. So I think... As, I think we're pretty excited to see the whole the team as a whole, as opposed to just one specific. But I guess if I had to pick one, I I mean, how could you not be excited to see the Iguain brothers and even Pizarro and Matuidi, you know? Absolutely. Hey, and don't forget about 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 our boy David Norman Jr. 
It's coming off an injury. <laughs> gonna, gonna shred the league this year. Um, has, he, has he debuted yet? No, but no, it's we've coming. Been, we've been saving He's for been 2021. He's they been just injured. took a mulligan on 2020. It's all right. It's all right. Um, no, but, honestly, look, I'm, I'm excited for look. One thing I've always said is look, David Beckham, like, if you really want to make this like a world-class team, he needs to be involved in like the day-to-day like activities of the team. Yeah, you know, well, it doesn't help when you can't get into the country because yeah, know, no, COVID and everything. But the fact but... that like he's in here and like the other day, I think he had like an interview with the like the mayor of Miami, and he said he's like, oh, I he said I need to be more involved. And like, that yeah. right there, like, it's something that I've been waiting to hear for like a long time. That's like, what we want. I mean, his face definitely attracts yeah. names. I mean, I, we've he, talked numerous times that we probably don't get Gonzalo, we don't get Blaze. Yeah, you know, w- without David Beckham's uh, kind of stature and, and swagger, if you will. Um, what what's your your thoughts on the the front office changes? You know, with with Chris Henderson coming in and obviously you know Phil Neville, you know, going to be a completely different system. But you know, what are your guys' thoughts? Were those were those those two specifically Henderson and, and Neville? Or was was that you know something you were excited about and different, or just not sure, or or outright angry? Uh, I'm ex- I'm excited for it. Um, I mean, let me see. Neville is he's a quality coach. You know, he took his he took the the, the English woman to the World Cup final. It's it's. I think we're gonna see something good. I think we're gonna see some good changes, not only in the players that are coming in, but the way we play. Like I said, I think we're gonna see a lot more of the ball this year, and 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 we're gonna create the game. We're gonna dictate the game as opposed to letting other teams dictate, and we're just kind of gonna try to hold back. But um. Yeah, I think I think those those front office changes were a good thing. Honestly, I was never really—I hate to say it—but I wasn't too sold from the beginning. But I believe that they're taking a step in the right direction when they were, like in regards to coaching and who they have selecting their players yeah, and all of that. Absolutely. I mean, um, I don't really know these. Uh, I mean, I know Henderson like created a legacy uh, in whatever with the Sounders. Don't know too much about Neville, um, but I do know that Beckham for a long time is one of his people involved. So this is like the beginning of, like, I think this is the beginning of him getting his people involved. Um, he knows who these people are. He, you know, he's worked with uh, with Neville before. So this is the beginning of like a new, uh, new, um, new regime, I guess. Yeah, you know, it, it felt like you. the it felt like the first regime was was you know kind of rushed, right? You know, Alonzo wasn't yeah, yeah. the first choice. They had about four other names that they couldn't secure. So I feel like a lot of it was just kind of thrown together. Yeah, Once yeah. it was like it's crunch that, time, uh, we got to get someone here. I think this is looking more like what the, the front office really wanted to have, like year one. You know, I yeah. think this, I, I want to say like this right here is probably year one really for the front office. You know, they're getting the people that they want, they're familiar with. Um, it's going to be the style that, you know, that, uh, that I think Beckham wants to bring to the, to the club. So, like I said, man, I Beckham gets involved in the day-to-day. You see him just poke, poking his head into offices, you know what I'm saying? Like, standing outside in the field, like, making sure, like, holding everybody accountable. Like, if he wants to really build that culture, because he's used that word culture a lot lately. If he really wants to build that culture, he needs to be there showing his face, you know? And not just like, oh, I'm here to, like, an influencer. No, he needs to be there like the boss, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, well, like listen, I, I want to see, I, I see Beckham get angry. Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. And, and you know, I, I want you guys to keep us updated on, you know, events that you have coming up. We can share them with all the listeners who do want to get out there and check you guys out and, you know, potentially uh, be a new member of Vice City 
but again, you know, Caesar, Sebastian, thank you guys so, so much for coming on the show, catching up with us again. We really do appreciate it. We know the listeners will absolutely love it. And I'm sure we will see you much sooner than later. Now, thank you guys. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you guys. Always a pleasure. Now, we'll see you guys soon. Absolutely, fellas. We look forward to it. Have a good one. Stay safe, bro. Boy, there it, it is. There it Got is. It. All right. Well, thanks. That was a, that was a good one, folks. We drop a folks after every single interview. Uh, awesome to catch up with the boys. Next week we have another supporters group interview on the way. Don't go anywhere. But this is the end of our show, and you know, with that, we must thank you. You heard it from Vice City, number one podcast in the land, baby. Newsletter. Keep an eye out for Pink Smoke. How do they access it? Just DM us and we'll send you the link immediately. It is called Pink Smoke. It is free right now up until at least the season starts. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, you heard it there, man. Better get on that. But uh, as always, we end every episode the same way. Vamos, Miami. Vamos, Miami.